So we've all heard these stories of someone starting out in humble beginnings. We've heard of that person growing up and then all of a sudden becomes a famous basketball star. We've heard of people like Jay-Z, Oprah, Michelle Obama, J.K. Rowling, Hilary Swank, Nicki Minaj. People starting out and then all of a sudden really are becoming famous. Uh, Maybe even against their own ideas or even imagining that they would become so famous. Uh, Overnight, you have YouTube sensations. You have uh, people that become famous and it it just blows up for them. And if we were all honest with ourselves, we too want to be famous. At times we think, how can I be famous? Maybe I could do something that would get someone to notice me. And, uh, and so we all have this thing about us, I'm presenting this morning, that we want to be noticed. We want to be remembered. We want to be cherished. We want to be thought of as excellent, beautiful, smart, secure. And so over the past week, we've been looking at these um, topics within camouflaged sin, and today is no different Because the camouflaged sin today, the camouflaged sin today is go and make a name for yourself. And on the surface, it sounds really great, right? Hey, go make a name for yourself. Go carve out an identity. Go carve out some respect for yourself. Go be great. And the warning here, as we're going to see in just a few moments in the scripture here in Genesis chapter 11, is there's a warning, there's an indictment against going and making a name just for yourself. And so today we look at chapter 11 in Genesis here. This is the famous Tower of of Babel or Babel. And it's essentially welcome to the idol factory. We're going to look at the idol factory today that's happening in the human heart that seeks to make a name for itself. So let's start reading in Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth And they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because they were, uh, that is where the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Let's pray again together. Father, as we seek to understand what this even means, we pray that you would speak to us about making your name great instead of us attempting to make our name great. And we pray this again in your name, Jesus. Amen. So if you've been following along, you probably remember uh, at least last week we were saying that sin just kept escalating. Like 
it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And so uh, there's, there's this catastrophic flood where God is starting over with humanity. One person finds favor in God's eyes. It's Noah. But you would think after a story like that, uh, that, that humanity would have learned its lesson. And yet, humanity did not learn the lesson it was supposed to learn because now we have this gathering of everyone on the face of the earth. Imagine this. Everybody's all coming together and they're attempting to build this enormous tower. And uh, before we say that becoming famous, in fact, we won't say that being famous is wrong. The scriptures don't say that that's wrong. I'm not up here saying that being famous is wrong. The thing that we're supposed to focus on in this passage is realizing that it's not being famous that's wrong. It's carving out a name for yourself. You desiring, me desiring that I'm going to be great. I'm going to be great. So two differences we have here. On the one hand, we have human desire. Look at human desire that's mentioned here in this text. They desire to build a city which is great. In fact, if you remember God's very first promises to Adam and Eve it was, and command, it was to do what? Go, scatter. That means leave. Go to other parts of the world. Create. You're a creative? Go, create. You're a builder? Wonderful. I made you as a builder. You're a designer? Great, design. You're a scientist? Wonderful. Go, spread multiply throughout the world. He does this in the very beginning of Genesis. He's telling them that's the mandate. That's the creation mandate. You are to be vice regents. You're to be co-creators of this grand global vision. And as you go and practice medicine and law and education and art, you're to take my fame and my glory into those places so that I might show up in a creative way that perhaps wouldn't have shown up ever before. Instead, you'll see here that it turns from a natural human desire to an over-desire. And that's our definition of sin this morning. A couple weeks ago, our definition of sin was autonomy, right? That came from that word autonomos. Nomos means law and auto means self-directed. What was so sinful about our uh, first parents, it wasn't the fruit, it wasn't the object itself, but it was an autonomos within oneself saying, I will do it my way. I will have my way. My own rules, my own laws, my own autonomy is what will lead me instead of God's voice. So here we see that sin is an over-desire. They desire to, and this is my story and your story, but natural human desire would be for someone to recognize that we're good at what we do. They see our art and we get some applause for that, or they see our work in law or education or as a student, and we get some applause for that where, where we're gifted. That's a normal human desire to be recognized, but over-desire is when we can't seem to get enough of that applause. When deep in your heart or in my heart you think, well, that was great that someone told me that last week, but what about this week? That was great that three people told me that, but... I need 30 people to tell me that. And we might add a zero onto that and another onto that, and it doesn't quite seem to be enough within the human soul and heart to satisfy us. That's called an over-desire. And the scriptures call this idolatry. 
there's kind of a harsh language that comes at us about over-desiring something, is it becomes an idol to us. This is whenever we squeeze it, we polish it, we bow down to it, we throw money at it, we give time at it, and we expect it to do something for us, and it doesn't quite do that for us. And so that's what idolatry uh, really is here. One of my favorite writers, uh, John Calvin, um, he's in part of the Protestant Reformation, um, hashtag John Calvin, go, go Google that. And one of his uh, famous quotes is, the heart is an idol factory. Once again, that may, that may come at you really harsh, but it's, I think, very instructive to let us know that what's idolatrous isn't necessarily the objects that you're building or I'm building, but it's, again, it's motives that's coming from your heart and my heart that could potentially be idolatrous. So again, you, you've heard the original plan was to scatter and to make God's name great. And the indictment here is that these people are bent on promoting themselves uh, above all authority, carving out their own destiny. Does that sound familiar? You ever heard a motivational speaker just say something like that? Go carve out your own destiny. Your destiny just reverberates in our ears. And we leave those conferences and we're like, yes, my destiny. I'm going to do it this time. And the end of the story, let me just go ahead and tell you how the story ends before we start thinking, oh no, they, they build a tower and, and God confuses their language and God just loves messing things up. Now the story ends or progresses in Genesis chapter 12 with Abraham becoming famous. Isn't it ironic that when you seek not to be famous but faithful, you become famous. And in turn, through Abraham, God's name becomes famous. It's through that promise through Abraham that he says that all of the nations will be blessed through you. All of them. And you fast forward that story all the way to the last book of the Bible, Revelation, specifically chapter 5, and you know what it says there? It says, and this is a scene of heaven, all nations, all ethnicities, all tribes, all languages, plural, are worshiping the king of all nations. That's God's fame. That's God's glory that we were just singing about. That's his attention that's being drawn right to him, right where it belongs. Uh, look, look at the pride here. If, if you got your, again, your thinking, thinking cap on, you're thinking, they were just building a building. What's going on? What's the big deal? It's the, it's the pride. It's the pride that's, that's, that's listened here. I mean, we're talking about naked, raw ambition fueled by independence. <laughs> yeah, put a little cocktail mixture of all that together. Naked, raw independence and ambition saying we don't want any accountability you might think of politics at this juncture. You might think of injustice and racism and everything going on. And it's usually because of that mixture. Independence, no accountability, ambition. Verse 4, let's make a name for ourselves. How does God humble them? This is almost funny. <laughs> this is almost funny. Uh, he confused their language um, and, and, and verse 5 it says no, uh, you know he, he goes down and in the original scriptures it says he goes way down to their tower it's, it's kind of funny isn't it 
Like, if we're going to build the biggest structure, it's going to be, it, I mean, it's just going to blow up. It's going to be huge. I mean, it, it, we're going to market this thing. It's going to be amazing. And in the original scriptures here in Hebrew, uh, verse 5 says, God has to go way down there. Like, there is a big distance between God's greatness and, and humanity's greatness. And, and I, I love that that points it out. But, but we do. We live in a world of building. We live in a city of climbing, dreaming, reaching, pursuing, pushing, shoving, clawing your way to the top. That's, that's in the culture. That's all around us. And we don't talk like that to each other because guess what? I might shove you out of the way or you might shove me out of the way. We, um, we see this happening. Um, again, the irony is verse 4, let us make a name for ourselves, they say, lest we be dispersed on the face of the whole earth. Verse 9. Verse 9, then God comes along and disperses them across the face of the earth. Um, and it's not a, like in your face. We're going to smear your nose into it and you should have obeyed God. It's a generosity and grace and mercy of God to make sure that God's name gets the fame that he alone deserves. He will carry the story forward. The question is, will you be involved? Will you and I be involved in that? Or will we say, no, you know what? It's, it, 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 it's gotta, I've, I've got to carve out my space for me. Because guess what? No one else is doing it. It's my name that's got to be great. And perhaps your business isn't thriving because deep in the motives of the heart, the idol factory, there's some motives within us saying, I will be great. By God, I will be great. I just want us to notice the counterproductivity it is to build a tower if the Lord is not in it. It's so simplistic just to say that, but we just got to kind of call it and observe it. Um, one of the Psalms, Psalm 127, 1, uh, says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it, they labor in vain. You can have a noble dream. You can be doing something, even if it's in the name of God, but if some of those motives deep in the human soul is so that... I might be great. In this life, it may look great and get a lot of applause. But it's built in vain. It's counterproductive. The Lord won't have it. The Lord in the Old Testament says repetitively that the Lord is jealous for his own name. And again, if you're thinking with me, you're like, well, what gives God the right? How can he be jealous? How can he say that my jealousy is wrong, but his jealousy is not wrong? And here's the thing. He owns all glory and righteousness and praise belongs to him alone. We'll land on this point, and this is kind of the, the central point we're trying to make here, that God doesn't call us to be famous, but God calls us to be faithful. God may make you famous. Again, let's just say that. He may make you famous. That may be one of his blessings to you is that you experience being incredibly famous. What could happen to you or to me if that fame and notoriety comes is on the one hand, it could lead to incredible arrogance where we say, of course I'm great. Y'all should have known I was going to become famous. Or it could lead to self-loathing 
where we say, I don't think I'll ever be famous. I don't think anybody will ever think much of me. And I hope you notice something similar in both of those. Self. Self was primary in both of those. God isn't calling us to be famous. Just as God used confusion among those people to confuse the language, I mean, that's, that's pretty creative here. God's creating multicultural diversity, which is his goal and beauty. And that's why we celebrate that here at this church, a multicultural church. Just as God is confusing those people to humble them, don't you know that God can do that in your life too to get your attention? And at times he does that when things might not be going along as we had hoped or planned. Perhaps God is confusing things. And now once again, is it wrong to build a tower? Is it wrong to build a city? Is it wrong to build a home and a business? No. Build it, he says. Think it. Dream it. Go. In fact, he's saying in the original mandate, the created order, go. I've gifted you in ways you can't ever really even imagine, so go. It's that when you go, shine my glory through your art, through your business, through your law, through being a parent, through being a student. Shine my glory in those places. Was it wrong to build a really big business or a really big tower? No. No, build it, create it, dream it, go for it. Can we tell by looking at somebody else's tower? Can you look at my tower or I look at your tower and say, yeah, boy, that tower right there is just full of... No, we, we can't judge someone else's tower. This is the Lord's work. Only the Lord knows what intentions we have in our heart. Here's the indictment. Is it wrong to build a tower so that your name might be great? Yes. And that's an issue of the heart. That's the issue of the heart that only you and God would know about. As children of God, all towers, homes, businesses, blogs, careers should be and must be done for God's glory, His fame. And so I just want us to know that as as you go forward this week, don't be afraid to create. Don't be afraid to to be on an executive board where you serve and have influence and promote generosity and and, and great things of God in that space because that's exactly where God has placed you. Think about all the different spheres of influence where you're at right now. Your neighborhood, your family, your work. And and here's the, the, the most comforting thing for you and me in those spaces you don't have to make a name for yourself. You don't have to make a name for yourself. God's name is great already. It's already great. God even doesn't really even literally need us to make God's name great. God's name is great. But being in your place of work, hobby, or family... Here in San Francisco, it, it should take so much, like a tremendous amount of pressure off of you and me as a follower of King Jesus to know that I don't have to make my name great. I don't have to make my name great. Think about some of God's names as you kind of 
run through scripture and perhaps remember some of the names of God. I'll run through some of them. Adonai Jehovah means the Lord our sovereign. I mean, God is in control. God is in control of all of history. Uh, we, we know that great nations rise and fall, don't we? It may, it may take centuries for this to happen, but, 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 but remember, there's only one kingdom that lasts forever. It's the kingdom of Christ that he's establishing. That's Adonai Jehovah. There's El Shaddai, the God who is sufficient for your needs to meet every need that you have. I don't have to be great. I don't have to walk around with this pressure to be great and for my name to just get spread throughout the world. There's Jehovah Raphaka. The Lord is your healer. The Lord is your healer. That's His name. He's great. He heals diseases. He, he, he heals us. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is present. That's God's name. That's some fame and attention and renown is Jehovah Shema. The Lord is present. Claim that. Own that. Walk in that. That's yours. It's God's name. And then Jehovah Elohinu, Jesus, the Lord, our God. Jesus is king. That's God's name. We don't have to be the biggest, the best, and we don't have to be the one in the spotlight. The one whose name is above all names has already named you famous. Listen to some of the names or some of the superlatives that God calls you. You are forgiven. That's one of your names. You are forgiven. Seriously, think about this. Absorb this. Drink this in. Let this be massaged over you that you are chosen, Ephesians chapter 1 says. That God knew you before you were even created. And had already created good works for you in advance that you might walk in them. You've been chosen. You are loved. You are loved. He calls you beloved. You are his children. You are the sheep of his pasture. You are the treasure of his heart. You're the apple of my eye, he says. You are accepted. You are accepted. Some of us really dislike some things about ourselves. Some of us have people in our lives that remind us of some of those things that we already dislike about ourselves. God accepts you. God accepts you. God has made you. And you're not a mistake. He says in Psalm 139 that you are wonderfully made. So when you doubt your own name and when you try to make your name big, I want you to remember that you are wonderfully made. That's your name. And then in Romans chapter 8, he says that we are more than conquerors. You are more than conquerors. Even the name Christian that goes with you isn't even something that you and I do and manage to keep that name. It's that God's name has been placed upon you. Something that Christ has already accomplished by defeating our enemy Satan. He defeated him on the cross. We have victory. We walk in victory because his name is upon us. 
You might not like your last name. You might not like your family heritage. You have a bigger and better last name upon you already. It's Christ. It's Christ. It's in everything that you do this week. Let it flow. Let it flow out of. God, I want, I want to not make a name for myself, but God, please make a name for yourself. Take, take little old me. Take, take what gifts you've given me. Take where you've placed me in this story here in San Francisco in 2019 so that your name might be great. Let's pray that together. Father God, make your name great in us and through us. Thank you, Lord God, that your name is great. There is no name above your name, Lord Jesus. So in you, we can't lose this week. In you, we can't fail this week. In you, we can't be defeated this week. In you, we can't be insignificant this week. In you, we can't be overlooked this week. We pray for your fame and your glory to be cherished and loved within our own hearts. We pray this in your name, King Jesus. Receive all glory. Amen.